Hi, this is Jay Baer of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Welcome to the Content Experience Show. I'm Randy Frisch. Anna's here with me, and we are going to break down everything you will hear over the next 20-plus minutes in this awesome podcast if you are a local business or you're just curious to understand how local businesses can be found. Because I don't know about you, Anna, but like... I now expect to find all my information on my Google search when I need to know where to go. Like on my way home today, I need a car wash. I'm not looking for a result. I'm looking for Google to tell me where to go, what time I can get there, all those details. Yeah, totally. I'm very much the type of person that is still like super tangible in terms of like what I need in the real world. Like I know there are people who literally live off of Amazon and order everything. And they're like, why are you going to the store? Just order it off Amazon. Like I love going to local businesses. I love supporting local businesses. I love like going and feeling if that shirt is awesome and amazing. So local search results for me are huge. I know I'm super, I'm I'm, I'm a little different than you on that front. I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to realize why I need local searches. I think it's more for food, which is still <laughs> and, and taste uh-huh. uh, versus virtually experience somehow. Yeah. But uh, I hate going to local businesses. And I feel like I'm going to sound like a monster who's trying to like kill local business and, and all for online. But I really hope that that's the quote graphic for this is like Randy wants yeah. to kill local business. Yeah, it's, it's just like, fuck business. Yeah, that's going to be <laughs> the, the next tagline. Right. Yeah. Right. First is fuck content marketing. The next is fuck local business. Yeah, right. yeah. So, no, but kidding aside, uh, first of all, I do love businesses. I do love local businesses. And, and I think it's everything that Neil's going to hit on in the next 20 plus minutes helps us understand how to think about search, but not from the traditional way that I think about SEO, but it's more, what do we have to populate into Google itself? So that Google can inform that next step that we're going to take, not by directing us to a website, but by serving the information up on the Google result, which is quite fascinating. Yeah, I know. It's great. And Neil gives a lot of tips, a lot of tricks. He gives just a lot of great even how to get started on getting better at local search and how you can really optimize your profiles and how um, you need not just your website, but you really need to think about Google as your second homepage. So Randy, I think I brought him in, but let's go ahead and hear what he has to say. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's roll it. Neil, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's really great to have you. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, so I'm super excited to dig in to talk about some local search. But before we do, you and I got to know each other a little bit off air, but let's um, get all of our listeners introduced to you. So tell them a little bit about Neil. Yeah, so I've been working in the local presence management space and sort of local search um, probably for about 10 years and actually had started a a local analytics startup um, that I ended up selling. Um, to a large public company, and then in the last two years, joined as head of product for Moz, focused specifically around uh, search engine optimization for local businesses, 
and then more recently have broadened my scope to to include all of the products at Moz. Nice. So I was fortunate enough to work at an agency prior to joining Convince and Convert um, that actually had a local search team. But this is something that is maybe a little bit foreign to people, or maybe they just kind of lump it all under organic search. So talk to me about how you kind of define local search, just so we and all of the listeners are on the same page. Yeah, great question. So I think if I, if I were to take a step back and think about and talk through local search in the context of the larger SEO space, you know, I, I actually don't use the term SEO that often. I actually use the word search optimization um, because really what, what, what's, what seems to be happening and what we're seeing in, in local is because of the monetization opportunities of the local SERP and um, which really, if you think about it from an intent perspective, is what is the closest sort of search scenarios that lead to a transaction? Google understands that that is local, right? Because you have folks on their mobile phones. Typically, when they're looking for things, they're either proximally um, close to making a decision um, or physically close to the, to the location or to making a decision, taking an action. So Google is actively trying to identify and monetize those types of searches and because of it, what we're seeing across search generally is a great amount of change. And it's changed from a monetization perspective. It's changed from Google testing, testing different types of results to help users get ultimately to the answers they're looking for. And it varies across geographies. It varies across verticals. And with all of that change, you can imagine if you're a local marketer trying to make sense of how do I show up? How do I compete in a search scenario? It gets very, very uh, complex without intelligence, without some sort of research capability to tell you, here's how things are changing. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I find this all fascinating. And, and a lot of what we're talking about comes from the report that, that Moz has put together tied to local search. I, I think it's called the State of Local SEO um, and there was one one result in there that, that caught my attention, Neil, which is, I think the heading, and, and you guys got me on the heading, it was Google is becoming your new homepage, right? And, and I think 64% of local businesses agreed with that statement. And actually, it's funny, I, I was at, uh, and I don't know if you read Marketing Profs this past year, but I was at that event uh, and they had a great keynote from a gentleman at, at Google. And he talked about how, the way we search on Google and, and what we expect is changing, right? He said, you know, a number of years ago, a lot of us were searching for things like, you know, show me a florist near me, right? Like we would say florist near me. And now we go to Google and we don't use the word near me anymore because okay. we expect that Google knows what we're talking about. Like, I don't, why the hell would I in Toronto want a florist in Phoenix, right? Like, right. I mean, and I love you. Maybe one day we'll we'll send flowers to each other. But you know, there, there's no need for me to have that information. So I, I just think it's fascinating how Google is becoming that homepage. And, and I guess that's what you're referring to by it becoming such a, a source for information. Yeah, and you know, specifically around Google um, and in the local context, right? And there has been sort of commentary in the local space. Uh, around Google becoming the homepage, right? That's a, a common statement that I've been hearing recently. And, and it's true, right? From a Google My Business perspective, if you're a local business, it is as important to, to have a well-appointed profile on Google 
as it is to have your own website. Right. And if you look at the way Google is, is handling local search, in a lot of cases, they're keeping the user from search to discovery and even to action. They're keeping them on the Google property itself. It, it's not just a desk or it's not just a gateway to your website like you would expect in a lot of other search scenarios. In a lot of cases, it, it can be the destination itself, right? Uh, particularly in the local uh, context. So, so with that in mind, that that leads to my question because I realized I didn't ask one before, and I, I want to keep it. We're we're kind of keeping it into the basics here, and then after the break, we're going to get into more details here for sure. Great. But what would you say are the key elements for local businesses to ensure that that Google listing has? Like, if if I had a checklist of you know five to ten items that I need to have there. Like I can tell you for me, I always want to see that they actually have a website beyond it, right? Like to me that adds that next level of legitimacy, but what else has to actually be there while I'm, I'm looking on Google? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and just specifically website, I'll just call out really quickly that some recent changes in, in search results in local Google is actually removing the link to, to the website in the sort of first tier of results. So if you're clicking through a set of local pack results, there used to be right next to clicking on the business profile itself, a, a go to website that has now been sort of pushed down to, to the point where you actually have to be in the profile to visit the website. So, so I think while you and I think about website as being sort of a validation that that business is real, I think Google is trying to, underline the fact that, you know what, it, they may or may not have a website, but it's still a business worth looking at because of the other factors that led to it being listed as one of the top three things you should look at. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then in this scenario, now that that Google has kind of updated and changed a few things, what is something that, that local business owners can do to help maintain that presence that they used to have or help really be seen and be visible and make sure that they drive to their brick and mortar store? Yeah, th- that's a great question. And I would say my answer is depends on the spectrum of a proficiency that the local marketer is at, right? So there are the very straightforward things. And, and I was sort of didn't quite answer your question earlier, but just to get to the basics, right? So within the, the Google My Business profile, there are basic elements of, of the profile that must exist, right? So you you want to have the business name and description. You want to have business hours because business hours we see are, are core parts of a result, right? So in a local result, it actually, um, whether a business is open or not, will impact the way that that result shows up. You want to also be aware that there are question and answer capabilities within Google, whether or not the local business has chosen to take advantage of those. There could be questions that have been posted by consumers on those pages. You want to have your finger on the pulse of that content and have answered those if possible, right? So Q&A more recently has become a, a local ranking factor. Is it, is it broad yet? We don't know. We've certainly seen it in certain markets and certain verticals. So, so those things are important. And then, and then there are aesthetic elements around imagery, right? People are posting imagery. You as a business owner also can post imagery, which will ensure that people get a sense that this is a real business. And then also just if you think about the, the richness of a profile, imagery is sort of a, a, an important piece of that. Um, so that's the basics. If we, wanna, if we go further into like how do you get more and more sophisticated, now you're, 
Now I would say that's where you may want to go through some exercises that I always recommend, which is in your market, in your vertical, take some time to pretend to be the user. Pretend to be the person on Google trying to find your business and actually run different types of searches, even across different devices to find out what those search results look like. And we, we use a term internally here called search topography, which is a really fancy way to say, what does the SERP look like? You know, what does the search engine result page look like? Uh, and it's very different for, very, for different types of businesses and different geographies. And really what you want to understand is what are the elements of that experience for the searcher that could lead them to finding your business? You know, that's the first question. And there, there are lots of different paths to your business. And then the second piece is, are you there or are you not? And then if your competitors are there, why are they there? Right. And so all those pieces come together. And I would say content's a big piece of it, right? Either uh, content you create uh, and have on your own website or content that you um, are managing on Google My Business, like reviews and like Q&A. Those things are, are fundamental. So anyway, I, that's sort of the spectrum of, of the answer from both really basics to more sophisticated. Nice. Yeah. And it's so funny too, Randy and I just had this conversation the other day about just even taking a step back and like, what do you yourself as just a consumer or as somebody trying to find something value and find useful? And it's like, even just doing that, like you had just mentioned about looking at other businesses and how they set it up and what information they have that you're looking for is, is huge. In addition to everything else you mentioned, Neil, this has been amazing so far. We just have to take a super quick break to hear from our sponsors, but everybody, when we come back, we're going to talk to Neil and dig even deeper into some of those great findings that um, Moz just produced from the report, the state of local SEO in 2019. So stick with us and we will be right back. Hi friends, this is Jay Bear from Convince and Convert reminding you that this show, the Connect Show podcast is brought to you by Uberflip, the number one content experience platform. Do you ever wonder how content experience affects your marketing results? Well, you can find out in the first ever content experience report where Uberflip uncovers eight data science backed insights to boost your content engagement and your conversions. It's a killer report and you do not want to miss it. Get your free copy right now at uberflip.com slash connex show report. That's uberflip.com slash connex show report. And the show is also brought to you by our team at Convince and Convert Consulting. If you've got a terrific content marketing program, but you want to take it to the very next level, we can help. Convince and Convert works with the world's most iconic brands to increase the effectiveness of their content marketing, social media marketing, digital marketing, and word of mouth marketing. Find us at Convince and Convert. Com. Hey everyone, Anna here. In this episode, Randy and I are giving you our thoughts on Uberflip's 2019 trends report. But I have another free report that you are going to love just as much. Find out how you can boost your Instagram likes, views, and visitors in 2019 with Convincing Converts brand new research on Instagram for tourism marketing. And it's not just for tourism marketers. Everybody is going to love this. There's great examples, there's amazing data. So get your free copy now at bit.ly slash Instagram for tours. Again, that's bit.ly slash Instagram for tours. We are back here on the Connect Show. We've got Neil and we are digging into local SEO. So 
this report is awesome. I mean, I got my hands on it through this podcast and I, I always geek out on some of these findings because I just find them so interesting. You know, you've been doing this for a long time. Maybe tell us your favorite three findings. You know, the, like the ones that kind of you know, made you adjust your seat, check the screen, make sure the data was really what it was saying. What caught you off guard now? First of all, you know, the reason that we uh, conducted this report you know, as I talked about earlier, there's a vast amount of change going on in the local search space. So with those challenges and with the you know, continual change, it also means that local marketers, their views on what's most important is changing as well. And so the, the purpose of the report was really to get to the bottom of, okay, how do, how do local marketers think things are changing and where are they finding success? So there are a couple of things I think that, that you know, I was surprised about. And one of the one of the biggest ones I would say is that marketers in the local context view local as becoming more and more complex, and they feel as though they don't really have a handle on all the levers that are available to them. And and some of that comes out in just sort of the way that they responded to some of, some of the the problems in the marketplace, right? So um, one of the one of the um, the questions was around proximity. And what we found is that, you know, roughly a third of marketers say proximity is the top lo- local ranking factor. And that is a very uh, sort of basic uh, sense of how local search works relative to all of the other elements that, that would impact uh, search results, right? So, you know, I thought that was pretty interesting that, that marketers were kind of like understanding that while it is more complex, their understanding of it was still really at the sort of basic level. Um, and they need more information. They need more data or insight on how things are changing on a more frequent basis. Gotcha. What else caught you off guard? I would say, well, this was, this was actually good, good news to me. And that was that from a local perspective, local marketing, there was this understanding that it's not just about search results, right? And I think, you know, if you come at local marketing with a, uh, with an SEO specific point of view, you can get really wrapped up in the search results themselves. And while those are a really important input to the broader picture or sort of an input to the strategy for a local marketer, it is not the end all be all, right? And so what I mean by that is it is really important to understand a thing, you know, the broader marketing landscape for you as a local marketer, which would include things like email, word of mouth, real world community building, right? So the idea that if you're a local business and you uh, sponsor the local baseball, uh, Little League Baseball League, having a link that connects that sponsorship to your business actually is valuable to you um, from a local marketing perspective. And it does contribute to search as well. And, but it was really nice to see that while search is, a, is an input and is important, there still was a sense that, that there's more activities that a local marketer needs to follow up on and, and sort of be aware of in order to, to you know, succeed um, in a local context. So one of the things that I also found kind of surprising is that a lot of people felt that great training really isn't available for local SEO. And I guess I, I find that surprising because there is just, it seems like this whole host of available pieces, but maybe it's just people don't know where to start. So Neil, where would people start? Where would you recommend they go for local SEO? Because, you know, actually now that I think about it is, it is a lot of 
you know, very sort of general organic search type of training and things like that. But what about for specific local SEO? Where can people go to kind of brush up on their, their skills? It's actually kind of funny you mentioned this. If you look back probably close to 15 years at the history of Moz, we actually started, the company started as a community for learning. It actually started as a blog. And the entire purpose was around learning and understanding. There was no software in the background. There was no analytics platform. And so even today, Moz has a community base of around 600,000 marketers uh, and SEO experts. And that is not just a community of people that are reading content, but it's, it's made up of experts that are contributing content to particular areas of focus. And local, local is one because of the change and because of the monetization we talked about earlier and the rate of change, it is a really, really hot topic within the community of Moz, in that Moz community. And so that's a great place to start in and of itself. And then I would say within that community, within some other content areas, like the local search association has great content as well. One of the things that, that I do recommend is take advantage of the free tools that are out there in local that can help you understand, you know, first your local presence, and then you can start diving in based on your sort of appetite for, for complexity. You can start to dig into um, tools that will, that will tell you more about search and search results. Um, and, I, and that's, I would start there for sure. Awesome. Yeah, there's there's a ton of stuff out there. Maybe it's just, you know, getting started and getting to know where to look. So everybody hit up Moz for all of your local SEO and local search training needs. And then, you know, where can everybody download this amazing report and get all of this awesome uh, context that we've been talking about the whole time? It's on the Moz website, right? It's on the Moz website. If you go to moz.com forward slash blog, that it will be posted and pinned sort of right near the top there. And uh, as in addition to other reports that, that Moz is putting out, we have a, a pretty broad set of researchers that, you know, as we're doing research, we publish it pretty openly and quickly. And so it's a great place to find other related content as well. Yeah, agreed. I love I love all of the stuff you publish and you and the rest of the team publish at Moz. Always amazing, insightful, fantastic reports and articles. So Neil, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. It's been really great. We do want to have you just stick around for a few minutes more. We've gotten to know you on the professional side. Now we want to kind of get to know you on the personal side. So um, stick around for a little bit of fun facts with Neil. Welcome back to the Connect Show. So now we get to get to know Neil outside of search. But I figured we'd talk all about search. Let's talk about search in your own life. Okay, so I've got some lightning round questions. When we do this, just to run down the drill, I'm going to hit you with questions. It's usually like a one or two word answer, and then we'll laugh about it and we'll move on. Okay, so <laughs> are you ready, Neil? I'm, I am ready. Okay, my first question in the online world, if you didn't have Google, where would you search? The public library. All right. Okay. Next question for you. What is the last thing you searched for on Google locally that you can remember or you want to admit to? The, the, the last or the first thing? Uh, the last thing you recall searching for. So it was specifically for a basketball game venue for my son who's in traveling basketball. Nice, nice. And where where do you live? 
live in Seattle, Washington. Okay, what's the best place for, for basketball in Seattle? Well, for for 13-year-old kids, it's typically the YMCA, network of YMCAs that are uh, throughout the area, or boys and girls clubs. Nice. Okay, cool. All right, so we're going to keep going here. When you're searching for a good place to eat, do you use Google or do you use a different app? I use Google Maps specifically. Okay. Interesting. Uh, right to the map app. That's right. I go straight to maps and uh, typically find what I can, what I need to very quickly. Okay. Sounds good. The precursor to a search, what do you lose the most often? I'm not sure I understand the question. <laughs> what is the item that you misplace the most often? The item I misplace the most often is my water bottle. Water bottle. Nice. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, the next one I've got for you, if, if you had a, a, a voice search device, are you a Hey Alexa, Hey Google, or Hey Siri type of person? Who do you trust? Right now, Hey, hey Alexa. So Alexa is positioned throughout our home, garage, everywhere. Beautiful. Awesome, Neil. This was a ton of fun. It was great to get to know you. It was great to get to know how you search in your personal life. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, Anna. I'm, I'm more of a Google guy at home. What, what do you kind of land on? Uh, Siri. Siri. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm an Apple fangirl for life. I can't help really? it. Really? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I can ask that question different next time. It's like if you were stuck on an island with one of Amazon, Google, or Siri, who would you choose? Right? It's like who's going to get you off that island? I don't know. Siri? I don't know if I That's a better question because the answer would be different. Siri's pretty <laughs> sassy. She could at least entertain you until like you get rescued, assuming you get rescued. I don't know. I, I, I like uh I think Google's pretty pretty sassy too. Google's kind of got some cheeky answers built in. I don't know. Neil? You know, I I don't know if Alexa would be who I'd choose on an island. I think it would be Google, to be That's honest. Fair. Yeah. I feel like I it's more there's more there for me to tap into. There you go. Neil, Neil's naturally going back to the data on this answer. But there we go. There we go. <laughs> awesome. Well, well, thanks everyone for, for tuning in. I don't know where you found this podcast. Uh, hopefully Google helped you along that way. Uh, until next time, you can find us at all the places podcasts can be found. Uh, Google Play is one of them. Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. And until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Randy Frisch on behalf of Anna this is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The Content Experience Show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.